Welcome to He That Hath Ears, Listen Podcast. My name is Dave Krupa, a Christian and student of the Bible. Each episode, I will share lessons I learned from God's Word to help on the Christian journey in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time exploring the Bible with me today. Now, let's listen. I'd like to talk today about something that's so important in each of our lives. That is, our attitude. The definition of attitude is a state of mind or a feeling, disposition. Having the right attitude can make us or break us. I have long taught my profession that to achieve any worthwhile goal, One of the key ingredients is the proper mental attitude. I believe this holds true for us in our Christian life as well. The goal each one of us has is to reach heaven. In order for us to attain this goal, we must develop the correct attitude. Stephen Criswell wrote, The longer I live, the more I believe that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. So I believe there are three C's, if you will, we need to master for us to have the correct attitude. Conversation, conduct, and character. Let's examine these more closely. Let's start with conversation. Conversation, of course, is the way we talk to others. I'm sure you've heard a so-called Christian having a rather offensive conversation with someone and probably walked away thinking, how can they even say they're a servant of God? The Bible gives us some pretty clear direction for our conversation. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defileth a man. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile a man. Matthew 15, verses 11 and 18. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. James 3 and 2. In other words, If you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. The tongue is a mighty weapon, for good or for bad. If our conversation is used in the wrong manner, we will surely perish, and we will be held accountable for every word. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Matthew 12 and 36. How do we prevent this? Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 37, But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay. This is actually a pretty simple concept. Just stick to the facts. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. 
James 4.11. So what James is reminding us here is to speak no evil of one another. Look what Paul wrote to the Colossians in chapter 4, verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. To me, this means I need to think before I actually speak. And in Philippians 1 and 27, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. When I think about that verse, Paul is telling me to always remember, God is listening. Conduct Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Acts chapter 4 and 13. It's interesting that these people realized that Peter and John were unlearned and ignorant men. But Peter and John were acting in such a way that the people observing them knew they had been with Jesus. Christ is to be seen in our lives. What do people see when they look at us? Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Christ needs to be seen in our lives, especially by those who are not in Christ. Why? For many people, we are going to be the only Bible that they will ever read. Which reminds me of a poem, and I'm sorry, I don't know the author of the poem. But it goes like this. There's a sweet old story translated for men, but writ in the long ago. The Gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of Christ and his mission below. You are writing a gospel, a chapter a day, by the deeds you do, by the words you say. Men read what you write, whether faithful or true. Say, what is the gospel according to you? Tis a wonderful story, that gospel of love and it shines in the Christ's life divine. And oh, that its truth might be spoken again in the story of your life and mine. You are writing each day a letter to men. Take care that that writing is true. Tis the only gospel some men will read, that gospel according to you. What do I see when I look at myself? 
Am I as excited to please God as I am to please myself? Am I more concerned about doing what I want rather than doing God's will? Am I more excited about the things of this world than the things of God? We're told in Matthew 6, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What does God see when he looks at me? Does he see one in the image of his son? Does he see one excited about studying his word? Are we like the psalmist? I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Psalm 119, 174. Does he see one who enjoys worship? I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 122 and 1. Does God see one who puts spiritual things first in life, living out Colossians 3 and 2, which says, Set your affection on the things above, not on things on the earth. Character The definition of character are the qualities that distinguish one person from another. If I were to try to describe Jesus' character, I would use words like faithful, forgiving, humble, merciful, patient, kind, powerful, peaceful, and loving. In order for us to develop the right qualities or character, we need to keep in mind what I have deemed the five H's of a Christian character. The first H is harmless. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Matthew 10 and 16. As a Christian, we come to do no harm, only good. There is only good will in the hearts of Christians. There is never the intent to harm or do harm. To do harm to someone is really only harming our own interests. Honesty In Acts chapter 6, verse 3, the apostles were looking for men of honest rapport to care for the widows and the orphans. Would we qualify? In Romans chapter 12 and verse 17, Paul tells us to provide things honest in the sight of all men. Honesty has many senses. We must be honest with ourselves, willing to face the truth even if it hurts. We must be honest in business, responsible for handling money, time, people, or resources. We must be honest in the sense that we are reliable in what we say and what we do. To tell the truth and do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do. And humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5 and 6 
Life and the circumstances of life can often humble a person. But we must remember that our humility should be in submission to God's will and truth. A humble person is powerful because they could control themselves and not let pride overcome them. Without humility, we cannot please God. James 4 and 6 says, God resists the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. When we think about our character as a Christian, we are to be holy, set apart, sacred, consecrated. The church should be holy and without blemish. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Ephesians 5 and 27. The last stage, I think, for us as we look at Christian character is happy. We are to be happy if we have a good conscience, as Paul describes in Romans chapter 14, verse 22. We are counted as happy when we endure tribulations, as James writes in chapter 5, verse 11. We are to be happy to suffer for righteousness' sake, as Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3.14. And we are to be happy if reproached for the name of Christ, 1 Peter 4 and 14. So good conscience, endure tribulation, suffer for righteousness' sake, and reproached for the name of Christ. Therefore, I can conclude that only a Christian can have a truly happy life. We can see for us to develop the right character, we must practice the five H's. Harmless, honest, humble, holy, and happy. These are spelled out for us in the Bible. I believe that if we focused our attention on the three C's, we can have the right attitude in life that will ensure our achievement of the ultimate goal no matter what we may encounter. Unlike material life, where you don't need a good attitude when things are going right, in our spiritual life, it's just as important to have the right attitude when things are going right as it is when things are going wrong. If we neglect this attitude, we are very vulnerable to slip back into the way of the world. I believe that in order for us to develop and then maintain these three C's, we need to continually study the Word of God. We must come to worship service with energy and the readiness of mind to learn. Truly, we must always seek the kingdom of God in whatever life throws our way. Thanks for listening. W. Clement Snow wrote, That which you share multiplies, that which you withhold diminishes. If you found this podcast enjoyable, share the link with someone you care about.